Welcome to Only Yesterday. Uh, my name is Tony, and today we've got a very special guest, bro. Who are you? My name is Dennis Epichow. We've been friends for a while back, since like super young. Bro, ultra young, holy-ish, bro. <laughs> like taken away back. Um, and so today's episode, we're going to continue our series on historical trauma. Um, this episode is going to be African-American. Um, so our sources for today are White Psychologists and African-American Historical Trauma, Implications for Practice by Graham Danzer, Sarah M. Rieger et al. Um, by the Journal of Aggression, Maltreatment and Trauma. We have Panafrican.net, What is the African Diaspora by Lola Bailey. We have the section Trauma from the Resource Guide of the Trauma Enforces, or excuse me, Trauma Informed Human Services, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Resources. We have forgiveness is the wrong word, empathic repair and potential for human connection in the aftermath of historical trauma by Poma Gobodo Madikizela. I just, I want to, I want to do it right, bro. And I, and I know I'm fucking it up, but you know what? Hopefully there's a somewhat accurate translation in there somewhere. I mean, fucking pronunciation. So anyways, <clears throat> what is historical trauma, right? We're just going to give a we actually used this definition on the last episode, but for this one, I wanted to expand a little bit more. Um, so historical trauma is multi-generational trauma experienced by a specific cultural, racial, or ethnic group. It is related to major events that oppressed a particular group of people because of their status as oppressed. As placed forward by Sotero, the theory of historical trauma is grounded in some related, related frameworks. Um, the psychosocial theory where traumatic stressors can increase susceptibility to disease and other negative influences on human physiology. The political-economical theory, which examines the impact of political, economic, and structural inequalities on the individual, and other theories. It's a lot, mm -hmm. right? And so don't worry, we're, I assure you, I brought you here for a reason. I just want to you know, lay the foundation first before we get <laughs> further into it. Um, so... Historical trauma has four basic assumptions, okay? Number one, mass trauma is intentionally inflicted on the surviving population. Keep that in mind, because I might might have to do a whole episode on that, because it's... Anyways, <clears throat> uh, trauma is not a singular event. It is a continuous and prolonged exposure, which is number two. Number three, traumatic events resound throughout the population, which creates a shared traumatic experience, and that's, that's also one of the things I wanted to highlight. Um, as well, number four, the continuous and prolonged exposure alters the developmental trajectory of the population, a disadvantage that results in the universal disparities that persist throughout the generations. So, for lack of a better term, I mean, if we wanted to, let's conceptualize this, right? So let's say, since we're on the African-American episode, slavery, right? So we had generations after generations of slavery, hundreds of years, actually, mm -hmm. and probably even thousands, now that I think about it, like, just within Africa itself, you know, yeah. just doing mm -hmm. whatever they're doing. But um, when we discuss, let's say, modern-day Americans um, saying, hey, you N-word this, you'd better get your mother effing, you better get your, you better get your fucking ass out my face right now, mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be, like, it comes from, I believe... Um, a sense of of superiority within that person, right? Because they feel as though they 
they won. We we talked about this on the last episode. They're the quote unquote victors. Yeah. Right. And so because we won, we are established. You, with your inferior ass, are gonna do what the fuck I say. And the person who's experiencing this, like on the on the flip, the the colored person. Yeah. Um we're we're holding not only just this very uh this very interaction itself, right? Not just this person talking shit to me, but then the past, right? Like what happened to my parents? And you know, people say, "Oh, don't look, don't freaking, don't worry about the past. Oh, everything's a past, and this it is, however far away." But I mean, we can't understand where we are today without acknowledging where we were, quote 100%. unquote, yesterday. You yep. know what I mean? And so, I think it really, it really um, demands examination, um, or at the very least, it should require some sort of effort from someone to say, "Hey, like." What all are you going, like, what have you been through? Like, let's sit down at the table and talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So have you experienced a situation, like, within, like, the last 10 years or so that someone has just been, like, outright a dick to you specifically because of, you know, the way you look? Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, um, it's not frequently that happened, but once in a while it does happen. Like, I'll give you an example. Me and my buddy were going camping um, two years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. And we're going to Bear Lake, you know, have Ooh. fun. It's amazing. Yo, Bear Lake's hella fun. Oh, yeah. I love it there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, get away, I let you get away from anything that has two legs. So Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So it was great. But uh, we forgot to utensils. And mm-hmm. we ran into, um, we went down by Costco down downtown in Salt Lake City. And we ran into a 7, uh, not 7-Eleven, what do you call it? Dollar Tree. There was one okay. right there. Right and uh, as we, my buddy walked in, he's from El Salvador. I'm a, a black man, so never know where I'm from yet. I'm a black man. Mm-hmm. And I walked in, and we both walked in. And um, a lady looked at us, and she's like, can we have, um, he went to aisle three, and I went to aisle seven, I think. And two minutes later, or two seconds later, we hear, can we turn the cameras to aisle three and aisle seven? And at first, we didn't care. We don't, like, that's an announcement, whatever's going on. We don't, we, we, I'm trying to get a fork. You yeah. know, my Trying to get fucking forks and yeah, right? So, and us being like, you know, that friends were like, hey, yo, Richard, where you at? He's like, I'm on aisle three. Where you at? I'm on aisle seven. Mm-hmm. Instant quiet. And we just like, hold up. <laughs> and then the click. They were like, wait a minute. They're like, Dude, we just got, you know. And so we got our stuff and we walked out and this lady was just like literally just staring at us, you know, mm-hmm. staring at us. And... We walk by, we walk by to the cashier to put things down. We're like, hey, how you doing? Being civil. And she's like, fine, that'll be, 20, uh, that'll be uh, seven something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, no conversation, everything. We turn uh, as we're leaving, she, the next person walking in line, she was super friendly for them. Doesn't matter. You know, that's just a little incident right there. Like, uh, there's more that I can get into that actually people swear at me and I want to fight them, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to go back to juvenile detention, so I didn't do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, that's a story for many colored people, right? Like, yeah. And so, and even then, it can it can even extend to like my my brother in law. He's um, he got a lot of tattoos and stuff. And though he's he's white, um, even though he is white, the fact that he had a lot of tattoos, um, people were like, "Oh, hey, you must be a juvenile. You must yeah. be trying to over here uh-huh. do all this extra shit." And and I feel like to that extent, you you can you can take a glimpse into that you know, that perspective. Right. Yep. And, but, uh, yeah, <clears throat> anyways, um, 
so has have you been I guess like vilified or have you been like disrespected specifically specifically because you're African? Um like I mean beside being talked down actually okay so yes that's kind of okay. the question <laughs> short answer is yes <laughs> yes um uh, I can share uh, another story with you uh, sure. I work at Costco mm-hmm. and I've been there for 7 years and this guy named Robert who's why after uh, Caucasian he's like in his 60s love the man he's as young as ever and we we build a really really good bond you know mm-hmm. so we sit uh I'm standing he's on my left I'm on his right and we're talking to each other <laughs> and a gentleman walks up and like I'm talking eye to eye with you he just he beamed Robert okay just beamed Robert right excuse me I have a question about this laptop and the Robert's like, yeah, Dennis knows about that. Okay, cool. So I'm trying to, and he just beamed this talk to Robert. I was literally, not even two inches, I'm literally hugging this guy at this point. Mm-hmm. And he just beamed, uh, uh, we call it Robert, the whole entire time. Yeah. And he's and then Robert's like, well, Dennis, I don't want to talk to him. I want to talk to you. And I was like, okay, I like my job. So I turned around, I walked away. Right, got to be professional. <laughs> right. So everything happened. He did his thing. He walked back. Robert comes back to me. And I was like, hey, Robert, did I exist? Isn't that going? No, you were dead and gone, bro. <laughs> no, you were dead and bro. You was gone. So that's wild. You know, the thing I look at that like, okay, I don't, I don't want to speak for every African American on this planet, but for me personally, when I, I was raised in Africa, you know, mm-hmm. and as a as a youngster in Africa, you are you're supposed to acknowledge everybody you see. Doesn't matter if you like them or not, you will acknowledge them. I'm not saying you should, you will. Mm, you will <laughs> acknowledge everybody. Yes. Let's say I, t- I walk by you 45 times, I will say hi, hi to you 45 times. Yeah, there you go. That's where it's supposed to be. And that's where I learned my respect from. That's where I learned from my dad. So um, being able to, when somebody beam, uh, when somebody talks to somebody acting you're not there, like, like at, at some point you're like, the hell did I do to you, man? Right. Like, do you even know me? You know, and again, come back to the point where you were saying that people like trauma, like people have this, um, what do you call it, new, uh, not news, they have this, I'll say, I'll use the word news at this point, like they okay. have this news, uh, these people are bad, 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 bad. Eventually, mm-hmm. it become a, what, a narcissistic liar at one point at that point, because like they just accept it, like, oh, you are a bad person, I will avoid you at any cost, even though you're like hugging my buddy right here that... I don't want to talk to you, you know. Right, and that's um that's a good point. Um, when we say that, when the dominant discourse, right? When we say so many times, and yeah. we hear in music, we hear it in media, we hear it all over TikTok. We see everywhere. it like fucking everywhere, bro. Yeah. We see people being um, discriminatory towards other people based on stereotypes that have been perpetuated, not being based on meeting that person as an individual and discussing with yeah. them like what brought them there, like. Yeah based on that it makes it difficult because now we have to hold in in the face of this moment right so now mm-hmm. someone says hey i don't like you or rather I, i'm not going to talk to you i'm not going to acknowledge you sir and so part of us wants to say hey hello i exist like, I, exist. I, I can i can do a pretty good job like mm-hmm. i'm here i work here um, right and then Another part says, okay, I need to be a professional, need to, you know, try to de-escalate. <laughs> but then the third part of us says, well, okay, how is this going to look, me as a colored person, like, acting out in such a way Amen. in public? And I swear, like, it's it's another Amen. filter that I I keep 
bringing up because it's actually it's it's true. It's, it's true. It's true for some people. Um, so, if, uh, just, just, yeah, yeah. check this out. So, <laughs> if and but like, as an African American, is like we have a lot of control. Hmm. You know, I mean, we tried. I see my I see my female friends, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. But for the most part, we've got some pretty good control. Right? Think yep. about it, dude. Um, it's easy, and I repeat, it is easy to lash out. Easy, hmm. like this is going my way, lash out. You know, it's very easy, but to control your temper, to evaluate what's going to happen. Like, as an African-American, what we've been through with slavery and everything, growing up, to just forget about it mm. and all that stuff, we have a lot of control, to be honest. Because, like, like the word forget about it, you know? Like, okay, but my actually, my friend <clears throat> asked me a couple of days, and um, I think it was last week, actually. He's like, so you uh, you believe in God? I'm like, yeah, I believe in God. And he's like, okay, uh, so do you believe that if we, uh, when we get resurrected, uh, we're going to lose... Uh, we can our body can be perfect and stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, but I want mine to be messed up, like to be the way it is. I want my scars to be here. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Because I so I talk I start talking about scars that I have. Like, I ran through bush and I fell over here. I did this and that. This is the story that makes me, you know. Yeah. So if you sit there and say, "Hey, just forget about it," like, excuse me, forget mm-hmm. about what made me, you know. Okay. Forget about what what the reason why I'm here. Forget about the reason why the Indians are like out there in the reservation. Forget about that too. Like, <laughs> yo, bro, who, what are you trying to say? Forget about, forget bro. About what? Uh, but let me remember. Let me let, let me remember your Thanksgiving though. You know, let's mm. remember that. That was cool part, huh? Yeah, yo, you know, Merry Christmas. You better remember. <laughs> remember, remember that. You remember right? Jesus? Yeah, I remember Jesus. Right. Yeah. So I'm not in, like you know what I'm saying like as a as a. I just want just I just don't want to use the word as African American because that's you know my people and I love them. Mm. Even to get on my nerves sometimes. But <laughs> everybody that's been through a trauma in their life is who they are. So instead of saying forget about it, that's why I, that's what I hate like, uh, therapy. Mm. Not because I hate the per- person. I hate therapy because like, well, this is what's wrong with you. Hell no, nothing's wrong with you. You've been through crap, you know? Mm. Now how, we're going to help you with through that crap, but there's nothing wrong with you. Pills are going to fix you to be 100%. I'm sorry. Right, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I feel you. And so, um, honestly, I've I've been through therapy, and I I will advocate for therapy. And so, I will say, <clears throat> I'll say that if you've been through something traumatic, and yeah, and you don't know how to process it because you were either so young at the time, mm-hmm. or because it's just a completely new event, and you don't have you know a peer group or someone to talk to about it, like then. Going to a therapist to tell them, so then they can try to help you make sense of there what's go. going on. Like I can, I can advocate in that sense. But if you say, "Okay, I'm going to go to a therapist," you fix me, and then I'm going to go back out here. Yeah. Then, like, no, no. It, it takes more work than that. A lot, a lot. And I'm, I recommend, uh, I recommend you for that, man. Because to tell somebody that you don't know, hey, this is what I've been through. That's a that's a big like I don't know what the word is, but it's a big step, like honestly. So Absolutely. Props to you, brother. Oh, blast, bro, blast. I mean, I feel like well, anyways, that's a completely different story. <laughs> okay. So um we'll we'll talk about therapy on another episode. Of course. But um so I wanna get into a little bit the, the African diaspora. Of course. Um, and so for those who do not know, um the African diaspora is the voluntary or involuntary dispersion of Africans globally throughout the history. Um, the emergence of cultural identity based on origin and social condition, and the psychological and physical return of those in the diaspora to Africa by historian Joseph Harris. So was your um, coming to the U.S., was that voluntary or involuntary? It was uh, voluntary. Voluntary. Um, Long story short, 
the dictator back then <clears throat> was taken down, and my my dad was the bodyguard for the dictator. Really? Yeah. Mm. We've been through crap. <laughs> Yo, okay. <laughs> so uh, they were wiping out anybody. They want they want to start fresh. Mm. So uh, everybody was getting hunted and killed. So the United States got involved and help us come to America. So I have my papers. I have my green card. So we're good. <laughs> yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was voluntary, or basically it wasn't. So it was a contest. They said, "Hey, we're gonna interview uh, three hundred of you. Only one hundred fifty can go to America." Wow. And so we're that we're. To be honest, we were we were the 150. Yo, wait a minute. Ho- okay, mm-hmm. what the? F- okay, so how old were you when this happened? Uh, so my dad mm-hmm. was in uh, Benin in Cotonou. That's where the refugee camp was at, mm-hmm. and was guarded 24 seven by fun. Yeah, in the they put they put the refugee camp in the middle of the city, so mm-hmm. it's not hiding somewhere where they can actually come and attack uh, attack my dad and the rest of the. Army. I mean, uh, the rest of the uh, yeah soldiers that are left, you know. So they were, the best hiding place is usually the most obvious place. So at that point, I was living with my mom, mm-hmm. and according to her, I was always um, I was always always asking for my dad. So mm-hmm. she started looking for my dad because uh, he was a soldier. He's coming through, bang the crap on my wife, uh, my mom, and they leave. Yeah. <laughs> and I, okay. <laughs> and I was born, and I didn't know who my dad was, you know. Right. So my mom's a lovely lady. Does she bug me? Oh, yeah. But lovely mm-hmm. lady. So right. she worked her butt off really hard to find my dad. And she found him in the next country. She didn't stop in her city, dude. She found him next country. Yo, looking for your ass, bro. Yo, bring that ass here, <laughs> you boy. You have no idea, brother. She worked hard. And I admire her for, for her, man. I mean, I admire her for that. Absolutely. So she uh, found him. And she brought me over there. And I got to meet my dad. At that point, he was cool, but that's another point of the time. <clears throat> mm. So, with that happening, the contest was that you know, hey, we're trying to the the government was helping us at that point. The American government was helping at that point, so they were like, we're gonna interview uh, three hundred of you. Only one hundred fifty can make it through, and we we'll work on the the rest of one hundred fifty later. I guess I don't know what's going on with that. So we went to. The embassy would get asked questions. I was young, so don't think they can ask me like, "What's your name?" How, you, uh, how? basically, do you see how intellectual mm-hmm. I, I am? You know, I think America is out there sifting out the world for the best people to bring to America. To be honest, yeah, and that's that's a completely different story, mm-hmm. bro. Like, holy shit! I didn't notice it now that I'm talking about. I'm like, holy crap! You guys are just sneaky, man. Mad sneaky, bro. <laughs> but I mean, hey, it's one of the best countries. I agree, a hundred percent. Ah, oh, I love. Anyways, but yeah, so we did that. Uh, went through the whole situation uh, thing. Everybody left. One hundred and thirty people left. So only like ten of us left, or twenty of us left, right? And little by little, they started. Um, uh, what do you call it? Shifting everybody to America, and our schedule to leave was supposed to be like maybe like it's like three months after each person. Mm-hmm. We, we were in the last one left, and we remained in Africa for. Three or four additional years. Yo. Mm-hmm. Before the out, I don't know what happened, but before the process happened and everything, and then we finally came here, uh, 2001. 2001. Yo, and, <clears throat> and that shit checks out because uh, I was, we you you must have come to the Heartland Apartments then, mm-hmm. right? Because that's when we met. And yeah. I'm like, okay. And so I've mentioned the Heartland Apartments on many different episodes, okay? <laughs> and so- I'm not lying when I tell you that during, you know, different refugee crises, like 
the apartment complex that I was in mm-hmm. literally forced multiculturalism on me, which I'm so grateful for yeah. because I was able to meet so many different types of people. Again, hear different types of music, smell different smells, different types mm-hmm. of foods. You know what I mean? Like, and it was really, it was beneficial for me. Um, and I feel like a lot of people need something like that. They do. They do. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I love the Native Americans. Mm. I, like, I love learning about them. In high school, uh, no, during high school, when I was in history class, and I learned about uh, Columbus coming down here and everything. And I'm like, bro, these, like me personally, maybe it's because I was raised in Africa, I love nature. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like my girlfriend asked me, like, hey, what's your biggest dream? I want to buy a house on the mountain and just watch the sunset, watch the animal fight each other or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there you go. Like, I have no, like... Like I have, of course, I want to go back to my own uh, country and help and help them with everything else I can with money, whatever. But I'm not a type who seek a lot of stuff. But learning about the Native American, how they live among um, the, uh, among the land without having to like ruin everything, mm. is amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would like prefer house over teepee, but they got they, they improvise, they use it, they work, and I'm just like, that's amazing, you know. And it doesn't hurt anybody. You know, that's mm-hmm. like, we need to like, now, nowadays people are like, oh, I need to eat healthy. I need to do this. I need to do that. I'm like, bro, I think they've been doing it for the last uh, <laughs> 400 years or whatever. You're doing it for thousands it, of right? years, bro. Yeah, yeah. And they're fine. Like, you know, I think that we always need to learn from each other. But yeah, just another, like a, like I said, another story for uh, You're fine, time, bro. But. No, this is why you're here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but that's, that's very true. Um, because I, I think about that sometimes as well. Like when we... I think about the city that we're in right now. Like, if like, what did this city look like yeah. two, three hundred, three hundred years ago? Right, without all the buildings, without all the roads, without all the fucking pollution in the air, without hey, all the billboards, without all the fucking like. Jeez, man, what did it look like? You know, like, but honestly, yeah, you know, uh, as a human, uh, human species, like I think we try to make it. And that word different from everybody, obviously, right? We try to make it. We want to be knowledge. We want to be successful and everything. And the only, um, the only way we all can think success is is to have a big house, to have the money, to do all this stuff. And we're like, you know what? We made it. Like, yeah, to some point, there that is true. And money makes everything. Okay, <clears throat> this is my own personal opinion, my own personal belief. I think mm-hmm. money is everything. Everybody's like, oh, money is everything. I'm like, yes, it is. If you don't have money, you'll be in the street and you'll be begging for it. I promise you that. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. <laughs> I promise you 100%. that. 100%. So, and then everybody's trying to do whatever it takes to make money, you know? That's why the billboards are there. Um, like, we want to evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to, like, it's, a, the human race is amazing. I love it. But, like, sometimes we take the wrong direction. I mean, th- we have Elon Musk trying to do the right thing now, which is cool, but that's his story. Then mm-hmm. we have, we, we have scientists who are trying to, you know, Make the world living um, a better place. Yeah, and um, in America, like again, the greatest country in the world. I'm like uh, this may be bold of me to say, but we don't. The word freedom is very specific here, or very mm. used here. And um, I'm not talking about we don't get to do whatever we want to do. Is the the freedom that I'm talking about is to do what you want to do, mm. if uh, if that makes sense? Because that that does. Okay, <laughs> in Africa we have no money. Mm. But I can get up and go to the river and, g- and grab a water. I can get up and go to the river and fish. Mm-hmm. I can get up and go do uh, whatever I need to do to survive today, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, good and bad, uh, what do you call it? If um, 
if I died to a crocodile in the river, well, poor Dennis, he tried. Nobody, did his best. It, right? And nobody's not going to, nobody can, I mean, they, my parents, my family going to mourn me, but it's not like, it's not going to be like the world, Facebook won't know. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way, you know. Yeah, for sure. Nobody, nobody can show. Going to send me vibes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? But uh, America, we can make money here. Mm. And um, when you call it, I don't know, splendid, but like in Africa. Okay, story for you, if that's okay. You're fine. You're fine. I mean, <laughs> yo, I got questions for you though. <laughs> perfect. Oh, truck go or bro, d- d- hit me with it. Hit me with it. <laughs> okay. Then I'm gonna ask you a question. Okay, perfect. So. When I was really young, like four years old in Africa, this is before I met my dad, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom took me to the market, and it's like a freshman, a freshman market and everything, and I got lost. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, like, there's no, like, I, there's people everywhere. I got lost, right? And I was walking around crying and everything, and some lady walked up to me, and she's like, hey, aren't you uh, Akubi's son? And I was just like, uh, I think she's like, I think, you, I, think you're, I think I know your mom. And she like followed me. I'm like, no. And so she picked me up and we walked for like 30 minutes, dude. Mm. And she took me directly to my mom, where my mom was stationed at, where she was doing everything. And I was so grateful because she knew who my mom was. And are they friends? No, she just, she walked past my mom and see her in the same spot every day. Wow. And see me sitting next to my mom every day. So she's like, oh, this kid belong with that lady over there and he's lost, you know? I seen people in Costco that I worked at, like, not my kid, moving on. Yeah, you know the unity you know, is not there. So I'm so glad you said that because that fucking segues directly into this question I'm about to ask you. Oh, good. <laughs> so, how has historical trauma impacted you growing up? So, how has coming from Africa again voluntarily, like being the last fucking family mm-hmm. in the bag, bro? <laughs> like, so when you got here, how has th- the bullshit that happened in Africa and then the bullshit that happened here in the U.S., how has that impacted you growing up? Okay, so Africa trauma is a different version of uh, U.S. trauma. And mm-hmm. what, I, what I meant by that is that you get beat every day for things that you do wrong. And uh, sometimes you do feel lonely. But eventually as you grow out of it, you feel like uh, you know that that was for your good. You know, not like I'm not saying like they abuse you or anything. It's just uh, like the way the way it works. Like I'm stupid, and mom, I'll be doing stuff. My mom, a story for you again. I was bad mouthing my grandma. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. And my grandma is a beautiful, awesome lady. You know, she was an amazing lady. She just looked at me, smiled, and I was bad mouthing for like 20 minutes. She didn't say a single thing, single thing, right? And I was like, whatever. So I think I won the battle. Obviously, I went play. <laughs> you thought, <laughs> yeah. I thought. I went and played around, came back, like, two hours later, come back. I'm hey, Grandma, guess what? By that end, I forgot all about it, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, Grandma, guess what? She turns around, just, like, slapped the crap out of me across my face. Mm-hmm. And that, right there, she only did it once. And then, like, she didn't do it hard, hard. She did it, like, enough to feel pain, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, everything else in my body was hurt. I was betrayed. <laughs> I love this. I love this lady. Right. Um, she's my hero. Like I, I was, I was, I was going to show something awesome that I found. <laughs> like, right, right. I was confused, and I, like I was just like, "What is happening?" You know, my body is like in shock, right. and of course, I started crying. And I was like, "Oh yeah, your ass was being." <laughs> mm, I did say that. Right? Oh, you're right. <laughs> and then she, um, so it's not, it's not like I get abused or anything, but. <clears throat> You're forced to you're forced to uh, get uh, to get old fast. You're, mm. for, you're forced, forced to mature. Yeah, really fast, bro. Mm-hmm. Bro, 
I was four. Okay, so before I was eight years old when I came to America. Okay, mm-hmm. so imagine from eight years old to zero, like zero to eight. I learned what sex was. I know what I know how to like build a house. By the way, I know how to dig a well. And eight years old, sheesh. You know, I know how, I was good with my hands, bro. Mm-hmm. And was it like I was willing to learn? No, I have to learn. Mm-hmm. That's how. That's where I was. I have to learn because if I want to survive, I have to learn this stuff. So that's what I did. I know how valuable water was. I know how valuable things were. Like, I, I, bro, we eat bugs, man. I know right. how. I know. That. Anyways, bro, sometimes you gotta just eat what you got available, bro. Literally, now we're not crazy, but we just know how, what's good, what's bad, you know. Yeah, we know how to maintain ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, that I didn't know was a trauma until I came here. Mm-hmm. When I came here, I didn't speak the language, I got started from zero again. I didn't have any friends, I can't joke around anything. People look at me weird, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay. And when they look at me weird, I was like, okay, dude, I never felt so lonely in my whole entire life. And, I, and of course, when I get home and I got to do an African job, like, have you heard the term? It's African in this house. It's America out there. I, yeah, I've heard of something like that. Right? Yeah, for sure. So whatever it is. So like, oh, there's black in here, but why out there? You know, whatever yeah, yeah, it yeah. is, right? So that's how as an Afri- as in for an African who, when I, after, every time I go home from school, I got chores to do. I got things to do. I got like, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I never really have time to like ask my parents, what, like, what's going on? What, like... I was new to this plan, uh, this place. I got nothing going on, and nobody's willing to help me. So I was felt lonely at the same time. Of course, I'm, the same way I felt uh, felt in Africa, where <laughs> I'll get in trouble for things I didn't know that was bad. Mm-hmm. But I, by, by then, I can talk to my grandpa something about it, and he'll explain it to me. But here, I have nobody, and my parents were in the same situation as all at the same time. Sorry, at the same time. Mm-hmm. So. Growing up here was very, again, um, self-independent. Let's put it that way. And I learned everything from the background life, again, uh, growing up again. Mm-hmm. But here is a lot worse. And so, and not because it's a hard place, but there's very few African-Americans here. Mm. I, mean, I, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm grateful that we came to Utah. I'm not going to lie. I'm super grateful we came to Utah. But when you see another Af- African-American... And you walk up to him, like, hey, what's up? What the hell are you looking at? I'm like, okay, we're not friends. Cool. Moving on. Yo, I'm, <laughs> yo, man. It's like you fucking, you knew what was going to happen. But we're going to talk about that. <laughs> we're going to talk about that for sure. Okay. Um, but um, that's that's an interesting point of view. Um, matter of fact, fuck, we're just going to get into it right now. Because I'm glad you said that for sure. No problem. Um, so I I made a song called Not Black Enough. Yeah. Um, and there's three verses to it. And the first verse, um, it's about... <clears throat> being seen as oh well do you even know your dad you know the yeah, what is, the stereotypical yeah. the stereotypical shit that you would hear um while being in the u.s uh like oh you should play basketball mm. like oh my gosh your hair is so so fluffy yep. oh my goodness oh do you sell drugs oh wow <laughs> like oh you speak so well oh you're so well educated like where did you learn that and these are constructs and stereotypes that have been reinforced for ages. Mm-hmm. Oh, you must love fried chicken. Mm, fuck. And uh. so it's that's the first verse. On the second verse, we where I talk about now not being black enough for the black community. Yeah. So now it's um I've literally been said, like been asked certain things like this like okay well fuck it bro i I don't ever see you out here on the street selling you know what i'm saying i'll see you here out like being an advocate i don't see you out here like 
in the streets protesting. Like, yeah. I also, like, fucking, what kind of shoes are those, bro? Like, you know it's fucking, like, fucking Nike or nothing, or, like, fucking whatever. For real, or, I got you. Yeah, and so the different aspects of being, quote-unquote, black, um, like, particularly Southern Southern American black, you know, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the whole movement, bro. And I should hold, I should do a fucking whole episode on that. Like, but that's, again, that's another story. Um, and also, um, in the third verse, I talk about where I find myself, like within the multicultural community, like within my, my friend group, my peer groups. Um, <clears throat> and I wanted to, I wanted to say this on the podcast because I actually said, like, this is something that, okay, <clears throat> in my song. I say, how black is not black or black enough? Then have Dennis relay the information out in Africa. So we got Dennis here, straight up African, bro. And so I, <laughs> I say this because, like, how is it that in certain communities, we're going to be told that though you're black, though you were born African-American, though you were born with that skin tone, though you were born with all, you know, your parents being biologically black and all that shit, you, sir, are not black enough. Because you have a name like Anthony. What the fuck kind of <laughs> Anthony? Nah, bro. You need mm-hmm. right. And so it's so, okay. If that yeah. be the case, bro, tell people in Africa that they're not black enough, bro. Like <laughs> tell and then tell me how that goes. Like <laughs> and so yeah, for real. Yeah, man. I I just I think there's a lot of there's a dichotomy when it comes to being black in America, or I guess maybe even a trichotomy if I can try to squeeze it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one being a black person in America. Boom. Two, being a black person within a black community and not being seen as black enough because you are that alt black guy. You like freaking metal or you like freaking, mm-hmm. you know, uh, other things I that, you. Mm-hmm. you know, the community isn't super huge on. And then, you know, that within myself, like, who am I? Like, yeah. how can I be true to myself while you know, examining the input from my community, from my peer groups, from the dominant discourse who knows nothing about me, but it's going to tell me Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be a felon, that I'm going to be a drug dealer, that I'm going to like, it's, it's a lot to balance at once. I assure you. I got you. I know exactly what you mean. Um, So like what we mentioned, we mentioned earlier was that when I talk about how uh, as a black man or like as a black person, um, you have a, a lot of feel. You have a lot of feelings, like you said. A lot of things that you like. You got. You gotta take a note for it, or mm-hmm. like notice for it. If you want to call it that way. A lot of things you gotta take into account. Yeah. Thank you. I got you. I got you, bro. You're more than better than I'm doing. This. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> good. Man. You're it. good. Um, for me, uh, I I accepted the fact that I was never gonna be um, quite term against the rap guy. Like I'm never gonna be, a, I'm never gonna be something that Fifty Cent sings about all the time. I'm never gonna be that guy that uh, K, uh, we call it Tech Nine sing about all the time. I'm mm-hmm. never gonna be that. Not because I don't want to. Not because uh, uh, I don't think it's in my power. It's just because that's not me. Mm. You know, um, I love um, upbeat music. I would never listen to anything that's down. No matter even if I'm crying <laughs> home. Every music, uh, my girlfriends are Caucasian. 
and mm. she used to listen to country songs, stupid lady. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, I love her death. <laughs> but she, when we first started dating, she was sending me country songs because we're trying to, you know, see what we, we relate and all that stuff, right? And I'd be like, mm-hmm. stop sending me these mu- musics, man. I'm just like, why? They bring me down. Mm. And she's like, yeah, it's a sad song. Nah, dudes. In my country, music is supposed to inspire, like, inspire you. It's supposed to make you happy. It's supposed to want you to do something. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have. I don't have any. Um, I have a, a couple of uh, Tech Nine. Got Tech Nine's dope, but for, sure. <laughs> for real, man, I love that guy. But some of his songs I do have. Okay, so to answer your question about how, why I'm not like how I'm not black enough is the is the point that like the verbiage uh, or like the things that we've been seeing and using and like being common to us is what makes us black enough. So mm-hmm. if you might if you mind your own business and you do your own thing and you're not on the street doing other stuff, you're not black enough. I'm like, no, bro. You're not black enough. Mm. Because like, have you seen a real African? Here's a thing, here's one I'm gonna break down right now. Africans do not like black people. And not because they hate them or anything. I see uh, when Africans see another black man, they're like, oh my gosh, you've been here longer than me. My life sucks, bro. What can you do to give me an advantage so that I can be like you? Oh man, I smell. Uh, I said I just sell weed, bro. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. That's an interesting point. Yo, I'm glad you said that. Um, truthfully, because now there's this dichotomy as well. Because there are some people who do just genuinely sell drugs for the sake of, of selling course, drugs, yeah. just for fun. But then again, there's some people who they don't have the means to obtain meaningful employment, so they have to sell drugs in order to put food on, on the, the table. table. Right, mm-hmm. and so that's it's interesting. It's so, interesting you said that. No, because that's how it is. Because when my dad got here, <clears throat> okay, mm-hmm. to give props to my parents again, I love them to death. Even though they weren't the best, but I love them. Um, my dad came; he passed with cancer two, three years ago. You know, mm-hmm. he's a good man, but he came to make money in America. That's what a lot of people see from different countries, including black people. We see we came we came to America to um, make money uh, to basically have a better life that we didn't have, right? So, when we see another of our kind, we're like, uh, is it, it's like, oh my gosh, I can relate to you, I can talk to you, um, and then as we get to know the person, uh, we're like, oh, so, you're the simplest I am, you know? And not, not because, like, it's down, like, like we're looking down on any, anything or anybody, like, on him or anything, it's just the fact that, like, we as, um, as we, I don't know how to explain it, like, when we see somebody who's been doing something for a long period of time, with uh, like, I want to use the word assumption, but like we're like, oh, you're doing this for, you've been here for a while. Like, you can teach me, and I'm willing to learn. You know, mm-hmm. so the the bad thing that come from our side, like from Africa, is that we um we judge too quickly because like, and my parents, I've been I've been a victim of that, and I'm trying to change my my cycle my. Trauma chain. I want to call it like my cycle, my family cycle. I'm trying to change that because mm-hmm. it's not the way it's supposed to be. Because um, when you're doing something for a while, you you expect to be good at it. You right. know. So people that African that come here and look at other uh, African Americans, like, hey, so where can I go to get a good job? What can I do this? And they're like, oh no, I just work. For, I've been working for Walmart for 20 years. I'm like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, oh, this is what I do now. You know. And the thing. Um, that doesn't help enough. Like for me, for now, we moved to a, we we just moved to a new house like a couple of weeks ago. Awesome, right? Um, uh, what do you call it? The person that helped us move to uh, to the house was another African American. 
you know, mm-hmm. and he, he's uh, he worked with real estate, so he was helping out with that. We're so grateful for that. So coming back to, I just worked at Walmart for a while, for 20 years. It's like, you've been here longer. Do you, do you want to, do you want to want to go up? Or like, is a street, is a, is a street, that term of street, street is not, is not like a good thing to be at, you know? Mm-hmm. It's where you, is that you, it's where you were born, yeah, it's where your friends are, yeah, but like eventually you're going to grow up and you want to be something better, you know? Yeah, the street is not something to aspire to. Yeah. You want, you should want more for yourself. Yeah. It's like working at McDonald's. You don't want to be there forever. Right. I mean, you should want more for yourself. I mean, but if it's helping you get by, then okay, it's helping you get by. But it's, it's definitely, there's value in wanting more for yourself and pushing yourself to do better. A hundred percent. That's what basically where it is. So when, uh, so yeah, when, uh, uh, we see people like that or my parents, my dad, see people like that, he's like, he's looking for ways to move ahead. You know, it's looking for a way to like, not like be somebody that you, uh, you always want to be, you know, and uh, as an African-American, we're born here or they're born here. And there's this division of like, oh, um, African saying that, oh, you know, you're not where um, you're not where you can help me out and I'm not where I can help you out. So what's up? What's going on? And it's like we're taking the advantage of being Af- of being in America um, we're not using our advantage, if you can call it. Because for us, we got to learn a whole new language again. We got to start from round zero. And for, America, uh, for African-Americans, you already have that already. Mm-hmm. So the term, I don't know where the term you're not black enough really came from because you can't really base something on somebody if you, uh, you, you weren't originally, um, what do you call it? You, you, you're not from Africa, you know, you were born here too. So we're both, I don't care what you got to say, just because I listen to gangster rap doesn't mean I'm not black enough. It basically means I just like few uh, things different than you do. Mm-hmm. However, though, here's a cool, uh, here's a cool thirst, uh, ter- uh, twist, yeah, thirst. If you were born in Africa and you went up to a black man, you can't even say you're not black enough either. Mm. Because you don't know how, like, uh, you don't know how to, uh, how to, uh, to live in America, how, what he been through. You know, right, and that's an incredible point that I'm glad you made because there's different struggles. There's different. There's a different setting of issues, mm-hmm. right? So, like you're saying, like there's your dad was literally a fucking bodyguard, bro. Like so, <laughs> yeah. uh, constantly you're like, "Yo, is dad good? Is he gonna have to, you know, d- mm-hmm. oh. dive in front of a bullet or something?" Like, oh, you no. need to know. He done that, right? You know, <laughs> and so there's there's that real fear of that type of you know that that setting that context, and so. In this context, I mean, at least for last couple hundred years, you know, people dealing with the bullshit, but now again, you know, we're here, we speak the language, but it's a different, again, it's a different context. So now it's, um, again, we're trying not to be seen as an aggressive person, trying Mm -hmm. to be, trying to show our value by, you know, putting ourselves into these different fields and different sectors. Um, and I... I th- I think it's it's really interesting. Like seriously, I I think it's fucking fascinating. Like human interaction absolutely fascinates me. But um so you say okay, as an African and you see an African American, you're like, "Hey, like help me out, brother. Like how what help would you be like requesting?" Right? Like what what how can that person help you? Okay. So is it like get help me with finding so, employment or is it help me, you know, mm-hmm. get some food or like what what's the So as an uh, okay, good for another good question to be honest. Um, so when um, African go woke up to another African, one day when they ask for help, they ask for help of like, what knowledge do you have? 
that can help me. Not mm. like not from physical. I can get food easily, you know. Sure. Employment, I, uh, I can get employment. Um, the question is, what is the best empl- employment to get? Like, what what did you do that you were so awesome mm. that I can follow? Like, run, like everybody, no matter who's on this planet, everybody needs a mentor. Everybody needs someone to look up to. You don't even need it. It's basically you happy, you just don't realize it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Everyone needs a mentor, for yeah. sure. Because you look at somebody, even like, honestly, <clears throat> my mentors, like not mentor, like my heroes are Goku, Goku and Kratos. Yo, hell yeah, I'm with it. <laughs> okay, so here's the reason why I'll give you a little example. Goku is the is the guy that I watch that have every right to be angry, but he's not. Hmm. Because like Goku, like he just the for not the and um the energy he has is not to like kill people for fun. He just want to. Enjoy himself and have a have a fight and just like not to hurt anybody, you know. Just I want to go out uh, his. Uh, I want to go out there and be the best I can, you know. Absolutely, and that's what I love about him. People are like, oh, this person's better. I'm like, probably for you, yeah, it is better for you because you relate more, you know. Mm-hmm. Like for me, again, I love I love anime, obviously. Uh, Avatar: Last Airbender. Okay, classic. Right, Aang is my favorite guy. I love Aang. Why he wants to? He's free. He can fly. He can do whatever he want to do. Just be live life. People are like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Zuko's better man. He got a character development. Yeah, because you need a character development. That's why you. That's why mm-hmm. it makes sense with you. You know, like everybody's different. And Kratos from uh, God of War. I love those games because not because I can kill things, but the fact that this guy went from a vengeful soul to like just leave me alone, man. Hmm. That's where I'm in my life right now. People are like, I have people say, "Hey, you don't care about anything." Not, it's not I don't care about anything. I just have enough that happened to me so much. I'm like, you know what? Just leave me alone. Like, like I don't have like I don't want to do anything with it anymore. You know. So, but anyway, sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> to, uh, to answer uh, to answer that question, like, what help are we looking for? We come to you as someone who have nothing for us. For your no- is uh, the answer is knowledge. Not only like you've been here longer, you see how this place works. You know how it is. You know how to, you know how to treat us African Americans. You know you know how it works when, because like in Africa we're all white. I mean not white. We're all black. You know and there's rarely any white people. Now it's the opposite, hmm. right? For me, because I'm, I'm in a, a country full of white people and other people obviously. Now, uh, so that means that you've been here longer too. You've been here. You've been born and raised here. So you shouldn't. Uh, or I don't use the word should, but like you shouldn't know. What's going on here? And if you ever come to Africa, because you can rely on, you can rely on me. Hmm. So, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, if we go to Africa together, like, hey, don't touch that plant. You will die. Let's go. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like having a knowledge base. He's right. Um, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good answer. I mean, honestly, I'd never thought about it that way. I thought it was, um, again, like as we're Americans, right, we think about materialism so yep. so often mm-hmm. and so we think okay so how can i physically help this person? okay does he need food does he need a ride does he need a house does he need um you know this person says i need knowledge um they say can i tap on you be like hey what are you thinking about exactly, right now like can, yeah. can you help me out real quick hey i'm trying to find out the mm-hmm. best way to do this like yes and so i'm now that i think about it right and so let me just try to let me try to verbalize what I mean of course. because this is, this is actually really important. Um, so let's say someone coming from Africa, right? 
they're saying, hey, help me, what's a good place to get, you know, employment? And I would imagine under that umbrella means where is somewhere that won't be super aggressive on me because my English isn't the best? Where is somewhere that will get me, you know, a relatively decent employment? Where is somewhere that's not going to demand so much of me that I'm unable to keep up because I'm new to this language and setting like and so it's there's a lot that comes with that, and I, mm-hmm. I'm again, I'm glad you said that because it's it's important. See, the cool thing about that is if you actually know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's the answer when that's basically like, oh, I work even if you work for Walmart, or whatever. Like, hey, I work here temporarily. So, and this what like just if you give us like a little blueprint of where we need to go, we'll take it because that's a little advantage of what I can use. That's right. It's because, like, you got to remember, anybody that come from Africa, and I'm going to repeat, anybody that come from Africa, real Africa, not South Africa. Real Africa. Okay? <laughs> real Africa. Okay, just to clarify. But yeah, yeah, those guys. Anyways, they know how to work with their hands. Mm. Labor is not a problem. I got my, dude, I, I got my nails dirty all the time. Like, I, there's not, labor is not a problem. Now it's knowledge. Mm. That's what That's what we came here for. Knowledge to become better. Knowledge to be a better person. And when we ask another fellow African American and we get the cold shoulder, that's when we're like, "Oh, oh, you one of those black people? Mm-hmm. Okay, See, mm, you are African American, <laughs> motherfucker." That's when that's when the diversity comes out of nowhere. I see. And then like, if it, okay, another side note: Do you know that a lot of Africans don't like watching any a lot of black movies? Really? Mm-hmm. And the reason why it degrades us. The media has a lot of a lot of influence in, you know, portrayal and um perspectives. Agreed. So to see to say that, okay, I have an issue with some of these movies because, you know, they Because they... um so there was K uh Akon, right? I watched the a little documentary about Akon a couple of back and he was sitting and talking to the congregation of people. He's like People look at Africa and they buy just zebras, lions, all this stuff. And he's like, even he's like, that's cool and all, but that's not all we are. Mm-hmm. Like we're 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 modernized too, you know. We're not. He's like, we don't carry spears around. We don't wear we don't wear lion cloth, man. And he's like, and there's one person. He's like, uh, the media needs to change that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nah. He's like, if he's like, what if you look at America right now? You imagine Iron Man. You imagine Superman. You're like, oh, this amazing thing. You're like, man, I want to go to America, bro. <laughs> right, and, right. Then, and then you look at Africa. You're like, I want to go to the zoo. Like, bro, uh-uh, man. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, it's the media's job to make it uh, to tell the real story of how we are. You know. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about Africans, like, again, we have too much feelings, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying in a bad way. Like, you you go you go to an African uh, like African uh, church. That thing is louder than your boombox. I promise you, guaranteed, hundred percent. Super loud, you know. And my mom does it in my house, in our house, every single time, and it pisses me off because mm-hmm. I'm trying to sleep and she's singing, which is cool. But my lady, I want to go to sleep, you know. I love right. my mom, okay. But uh, we have a lot of feelings, you know, in um, in those in those type of ways. And the reason why is because um, when we watch something, we take a lot from it. And uh, we watch a lot of inspiring, inspiring um, movies and stuff. Like, for example, there's a movie called The Woman King right now that nobody knows about. Okay, <laughs> Woman King. Yo, we. Did, I think I actually saw like a little flyer for that. Or like, see, a, <laughs> nobody like, knows about. It's from. It's based on a historical uh, accountants in uh, Benin, between Benin and Togo. Hmm. Uh, yeah, 
So I took my girlfriend to go watch it, and she loved the crap out of it. I took all my friends to watch it. They loved the crap out of it. And, and then here's the cool part. It was, for first, it was just me, my girlfriend, and two other ladies there. I took my friends. It was five of us and one other person. Everybody's too busy watching uh, the love story about some, like, something that, you know, doesn't really matter, I guess. But this movie, that's a historical thing. And it has, uh, it's basically, uh, how do I put this? So it's a movie about this woman, okay? And she's the, she's the uh, elite woman, uh, elite leader about a bunch of women that work for the king. Because mm-hmm. all the men's been, been, been sold to slavery. So they better mm-hmm. have enough men around. So the women took up arm and become the guardian to the king. And basically, they become the the Black Panthers' right hand man, if you want to call it that way. But they protect the king in Africa, right? And it's a story of all these women uh, fighting to protect the peace and get rid of slavery in mm-hmm. that part of Africa. Amazing story, right? The, right. Cool, the cool part is it was a gentle and also um, very. Um, the message was clear because, like, uh, it wasn't like, oh, women were better than guys or anything. They were loving, caring, and yet they were fierce at the same time. Yes. That is why I look in a woman. Yo, absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic, bro. I'm, I'm glad you said that as well because, again, it just fucking segues so perfectly <laughs> into the next section. Yo, we're, we're almost, almost done. It's okay, um, bro. So the next section is on empathy and caring. Um, and so, according to the research, um, the essence of empathy is a capacity to feel and participate in shared reflective engagement with the other's inner life. Most scholars recognize uh, some form of identification with the other at a deep, <laughs> at a deeper internal level as central to the capacity for empathy. Maurice Merleau-Ponty defined empathy as the intertwining of lives with those of others. And caring goes beyond just mirroring or feeling the mental state of another. It arises from the moment-by-moment negotiation of the intersubjective relationship between actors as well as a form of introspection and ongoing mutual reflection. Um, And it involves making sense of the intersubjective experience from an empathic resonance. So... Basically, instead of just saying, hey, I see you, I see where you're coming from, I'm trying to understand where you're coming from, saying, yo, I fucking care about you as an individual, I'm, tr- I'm listening to your story, I'm hearing what you're saying to me, and I'm feeling on your behalf mm-hmm. as best as I can understand what it is you know, that you're trying to convey here. And so, do you feel that people have shown you empathy and caring? Um, to somewhat, yes, but I think I showed, I showed more. Mm-hmm. And not me, not me individually, maybe me individually, but um, for me, there was this lady, uh, no, no, I lied, this kid in a wheelchair with his, uh, her brother, his brother and this lady next to him, right? And they came to cost to buy rings, like, uh, you know, diamond rings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he's looking around, I came to help him because I have him in charge of the rings and stuff also. And I was like, hey, yo, man. What do you need? He's like, oh, looking for a ring for this beautiful woman over here. I'm like, oh, heck yeah, bro. Congrats, man. He's like, yeah, to my mom. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's your mom, man? You are an amazing son, and people like you is what make the, the world a better place. I'm like, thanks, brother. He's like, me, she deserve one. Yeah, I think every mom deserves a lot of stuff, man. And he's like, yeah, since I'm passing with cancer. 
Uh-huh. And I'm like, whoa, what? He's like, oh yeah, I've been fighting cancer for five years now, and doctors only have like a couple of months left. Uh, left, so I'm using all the money that I have to treat the person that take care of me the most. So wow, right? And oh. I'm like, bro, amazing, right? Wow, wow. Now, I look at the mom, and she just smiling and everything, and I read between the lines. There was once upon a okay. Before I finish that story, I must tangent a little bit, just a little tangent. <laughs> You're fine. There was a day when I came back from my mission, I was working in construction, and my mom and I came home, and I was feeling super down, right? I came home, and I just I just burst out crying because I was just too much was going on at the time, right? And my mom saw me, and she freaked out. She's like, and she starts speaking her African language and everything, freaking out, and she mm-hmm. she thinks she's a bad mom because like her firstborn. Is crying, is crying, is not happy. She thinks she's a bad mom, everything. And I noticed that she felt the exact same sympathy toward me. And she was like, what, what do I do? And I'm like, and I hold it. And I was like, relax. It's going to go away. I'm just, I'm just feeling a little bit right now. And she's like, okay. And she starts shaking. Hmm. She didn't want you to do, right? Okay. That experience right there, I just put that aside. I look at this woman in the eyes. Her firstborn had been on cancer treatment for five years. Can you imagine getting up in the morning, doing your hair to go to the hospital? Five years, bro. That's hard, for sure. Right? And the thing is, like, people, people, uh, women say that you don't understand what childbirth is. Yeah, I don't. I'm sorry. I have a penis. I'm bad. You know? Yeah. So, <clears throat> trying to sympathize with her. Like, she got bags under her eyes, everything. Like, I just can imagine your firstborn, like, your first baby, bro. Like, mm-hmm. you know, dying before you. Yeah. That's, that's a very traumatic experience. Right? It, for sure, it's hard. And I looked at her, I sat there, and I'm, I am almost start crying. And she said, "Don't you dare." He's happy. I come to turn with. Don't you dare, <laughs> you know. Wow. And I was like, "And I'm so sorry, man." He's like, "Bro, relax." That ten minute interaction right there. The next couple, like the the next couple months, he'll come in and he'll come through my major sales, and we we'll talk. Yo, that's awesome, <laughs> right? Oh, we we'll yeah. talk every single time. Like some stupid kid in, a, in Costco made his day that he actually had a friend. And then one day he stopped coming. And mm-hmm. I know what happened, obviously, right? I told, before my girlfriend asked me how, and we saw, I told her this story, what's going on. She stopped. <laughs> and we were walking around the lake and she talk, she stopped and I turned, I'm like, what's your problem? You know? And she's like, Dennis, I never see this side of you before. And I'm like, what? A genuine, uh, sympathetical person. And I'm like, yeah. Only you can see that. Nobody else will. And she's like, why not? Because I don't go blabbing my feelings to everybody else. And, I th- and the reason why, I think everybody can be sympath- uh, sympathetic when they choose to be. Mm-hmm. It's not your job to go find it. It's oh, your, absolutely. It's your job to listen. So the question, like, do you think anybody ever been to, been, uh, like, you know, sympathetic with me, uh, sympathetic with me? To some degrees, yes, but not to the point that I was open up myself to them. So mm-hmm. that's, is a question, and I think that's the reason why a lot there's a lot of mis- misunderstanding in the world because, like, I don't know how to explain it, but we don't take the chance to understand each other, you know. And when uh, we don't do that, we, it, it goes from um, when one person is not getting uh, is not getting the point across, they get it goes to anger, and mm-hmm. that anger turns into frustration, and before no way we all hit each other, you know. Right. Taking the time to understand each other is what really comes down to it. And I honestly believe that not every, hundred uh, percent, not every every individual human being on this planet is bad. We just mm-hmm. being misunderstood. 
Absolutely. Um, and that's another, bro, I'm, again, just, you're fucking, like, you're just <laughs> slipping on banana peel straight through the segues, bro. It's great. I love it. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so, um, yo, um, because that's, that's raw, bro. That's real. Um, so a sense of connection, right? Uh, do you feel a sense of connection with any of your communities? And I wanted to, and I wanted to say any, because mm-hmm. being, <clears throat> again, African, and then also being here in America, mm-hmm. and then also, like, knowing that there are African-American communities within America, do you feel a sense of community with, you know, your African community, your black American community, and just like the community at large? Yeah. Um, I would say, regretfully, no. Do any of the three? uh, Yeah. Like, here's the thing. I'm LDS, right? Okay. I'll go, and me and my family will be the only black people in in the congregation. Not only, but few, you know. Right, like right. Once, uh, give or take, put it that way. Of course, of yeah, course. Right? And would it be nice to us? Oh, yeah, they're phenomenal to us. It's great, you know. But are we still that weird elephant in the room? <laughs> yes. Hmm. You know, no matter, um, one of my best friends, uh, Aaron uh, Patterson, I think you know him, Booking. Yeah, 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 I know him, yeah. I know Aaron. He's, um, so one day, I was like, yo, bro, have you seen the movie Get Out? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, should I go watch it or what's it about? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, is this the feeling way? Is, is that feeling way you go to a white people's house and that weird feeling? Oh, that's it? He's like, yeah, it was. Oh, okay, that case, never mind then. Like, I'm not going to watch it. I don't know what the feelings. I live that feeling every day. <laughs> <laughs> I live that feeling every day. Already right? seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's it funny. is. I live that feeling every day, you know? And no matter who you are, if you're in a place that you don't feel like you're, you're comfortable there, you are the elephant in the room. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you know? Sure, and sure. I'm not saying like it's bad or anything, but people will be nice to you. They will treat you well. They will, even to the point they will go over nice, you mm-hmm. know? But in the end of the day, you are the elephant in that room that day, you know? Yeah, they're like, and so I, I think that's an interesting point, right? So when we bring people in, so this isn't, let me just go on the record and say, this doesn't include all people who are trying to be inclusive of different communities. Yeah. Okay, but what I will say is there are some people who are like over nice, like overbearing, super nice, and just waiting for that opportunity that you slip. Like either you say something <laughs> weird, you say something <laughs> outlandish, or you you mm-hmm. feel comfortable enough to actually be yourself. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> if it doesn't follow a particular strict guideline, then, oh, guess what this person did the other day? Mm-hmm, 100%. Oh, I, I was, I passed them the potatoes and... They fucking sneezed. How could they have sneezed? It, we hadn't even said grace yet. Oh my! And so we're just <laughs> yes. This is just the loosest of examples, mm-hmm. but I'm sure we can get you know more specific. Um, but sorry, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, but with the black community, mm. it, it comes back to what you were saying earlier. We're not black enough. Mm. If it comes down to you know, um, I don't listen to like I said. I don't listen to a lot of like hip hop songs and stuff. You know, and um, <laughs> okay, Aaron. So yeah. one day, <laughs> what was I listening to? Like, my sister has the, so she had a couple of songs on my freaking iTunes, right? Mm-hmm. And I was switch, he was switching through my songs, right? And that song, uh, what do you call it? Uh, this is my fight song. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic, classic. It came on, right? And Aaron was in the driver, uh, he was in the passenger seat. So he looked at me, he's like, Really? And I was like, what? He's like, really? I'm like, what? I ha- like, what's wrong with the song? Like, he's like, 
the hell's wrong with you, man? And then he went, he's like, do you got any uh, cane on? Or like, do you have anything in here? I'm like, listen, bro, this is my car, my music, you know? You but I love the guy to death, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, just like that, like, when I tried so hard, and, I, and I'm going to say, uh, be the, have the audacity to say I tried so hard to fit in, especially in high school. Like, um, all the African-American was sitting upstairs, right? And uh, I want, bro, um, do you remember a guy named Eddie back in high school? He was, he's a barber. Okay. But I don't know. It's all good. Anyways, we didn't have, I didn't have the money to go to a barber all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So I always had an afro, and then if I didn't have an afro, my mom took, my mom took a buzzer to my head. Is, there, is that simple? That was it. There's, yep. there's no Easy between. Bro. You have an afro, you have nothing. <laughs> exactly. That's it. <laughs> Right, so one day I walked through, I walked uh, past the stairs, and he was like, "Man, look at your nappy ass head, bro!" Like You're roasted, right? Just straight up, you know. And not because we're friends or anything, by the way. Yeah, he just off. This is like one of the first things he's ever said to you. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> what man, the fuck? and he's like, hit my car, he threw my, he threw his car at me. Come to my barber shop, I'm gonna fix you up, man. Look at you, like, you're embarrassing me. And I was like, why would I want to come to you? Right. You know? I'm going to rip this card in front of you, man. Right. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> See, okay. the cool thing is, when he was a senior, I was a sophomore. I can't even do that. You got to be cool. You got to think like, ooh, okay, I'll take your card. Thank you. You know, and I took yeah, his yeah. card, but we never be- became friends or anything. Hmm. I had um, three, four, four black friends in, in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron. Uh, I don't know if you remember Khalid Hassan. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Him. And the three, four, five, sorry. And the three weirdo, the three triplets. <laughs> yo, the three triplets. Okay. Yo. <laughs> those guys. Those guys. Yo, well, fuck me. Then I guess I didn't exist. No. Sheesh. No, no, It's not you didn't exist. It's like, bro, you know what I was with friend. But the thing is, like, um, you were awesome. Let's put it this way, okay? You were awesome. You're good, bro. And um, you and your brother are awesome. You have your, like, you, I want to say, like, I look at this is my perspective of you guys. I look at you guys with the cool, the cool guys. And because you have a... Bunch of girls around you. Don't lie. <laughs> okay. Don't, don't lie, lie. Don't lie. That's all. I know. I was jealous, so I know. But we're just a sucker. So you know, you were you, you had the drum, you had your drumstick. You, you were awesome. You know, hmm. and oh, one I passed by. We talk obviously, but you were awesome. And I was I felt inadequate to come up to you guys. You know, relax. It's all good. But like not because not because like you were doing anything to prevent me from like you hmm. were. It's like. It's high school's ladder, man. You were cool. In my eyes, you were way cool. So hmm. I don't want to take my weirdness and go rub it off of you. So. Oh, no, bro. <laughs> wow. That's um, <laughs> so interesting. Okay. Yeah. So like, it was me, Khalid. Aaron stick by, uh, be, uh, stayed by me because like, we take the same bus to, uh, from work all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So um, one, I never, again, I never listened to all the songs they do, they listen to. I don't have all the Nikes that they had, like you mentioned earlier. So mm-hmm. I was a weird kid, you know? And so I walk by the stairs and I try to talk to them. They're like, I mean, get your weird ass out of here. Now I will leave, you know? So I never fit in with my people that, you know, quote unquote, my people. And at um, the same time, I'm not white. So I can't just, uh, it's weird. Like, it, yeah, I never fit in with them, them either. So I became my own individual person where I'm just like, you know what? Just focus on school, ABC, like AB, you know? Mm-hmm. Homeschool, homeschool. And that's where I became. I didn't become secluded or anything. I just know where I belong, if that makes sense. So I go to school. I'll go in the library. I'll read my books and everything. Just do my homework there and move on. If I see you in the hallway, I talk to you. If I see, you know what I'm saying? I, I wasn't a jerk or anything. I wasn't antisocial. I will talk when the opportunity gives. Right. But uh, what do you call it? My, I'm not going to lie. My side, like my people, are the ones who actually made it hard for me to, to be like, um, like I want to be accepted, obviously, but... 
at the same time. Hey, you didn't do this, you know. Why are you wearing white? Roasting is cool. Oh, no, roasting is only cool once you get to uh, understand your friends. You actually become friends. Right, you right. You don't expect to understand your roasting when you barely know me, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's the hard part. Even to the point that Aaron, one of Aaron's girlfriends, was uh, when the, she, the person she met me, she thought, uh, um, Aaron was like, oh, he's from Africa. And she's like, oh, you're one of those people that hate black people, huh? And immediately I was like, girl, yeah, because of this shit right now, you, you know? know? But, <laughs> but I didn't say that. Before I even can say that, Aaron stopped her. Mm. And he's like, no, he's cool. He's actually really humble, doesn't really talk shit on people. And I took that to like, for him, he didn't, he didn't mean, like, he didn't want to prove anything. But for me, I'm actually grateful for that because he actually took the time to know, like, I help him out. He helped me out. We hang out and stuff. We actually build this, uh, we build this, um, we call it friendship that he actually understands who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that. You know, oh, so yeah. anytime he roasts me, he can roast me all he wants. You know, I don't care. Like, no matter what, at the end of the day, he can be my best friend from now on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, just like you and your friend, they roast you. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's, it's your boys. But when somebody coming over, like, hey, what's up, Baldy? Like, it's, bro, I'll beat you. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. It's a different story. I don't care if you're black. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was hard for, for uh, especially coming from Africa. I was, it was a very thin line to walk. I can make a mistake on the white side, then I become that typical black man, and I can't really make a mistake on my other side because if I do, my brother would think them whitewash. So, hmm. okay. Uh, do you? This is like one of the last questions, actually. Yeah. And so, um, and after that, we'll do that after all. So, <laughs> you're good, bro. Do you feel a sense of community with any of your um, your African neighbors, brothers, peers? Um, or do you even have any contact with them? Beside you. Aaron and Khalid? Nah. Because my mom, so my mom has a community with African Americans, or not American, Africans from Africa. Because, mm-hmm. because see what I mean when I said that, uh, we call it, they've been here longer. Mm-hmm. So the, the Africans that came here longer, my mom will attack where I track to. Hey, how do you build this? How do you buy this house? The knowledge base, right? When we get back to that, how can you help? Exactly. Okay. And then we look at somebody who's been here longer who's like the TV. Freaking media keep putting us down all the time. And I mean us. And this is like all the time. My mom will look on the TV and be like, why the Robbie Banks? Why are they killing people? Why are they like, like, all this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not like, honestly, I want to say it's not and their fault. Because like, bro, I got beat when I was a kid. I got yelled at. I got like, shoot, my mom locked me out of the house when I was five years old. Right. I have trauma, my man. But mm-hmm. I, I still chose to be a better person. Right. The United States will always, and I repeat, always do us wrong. Hmm. There's no way out of it, bro. But you can be better. You can choose. Like, the moment you start choosing to be better, that's when you realize. That's when you, uh, the chain effect. It works. It's chain of, like, we use these words on TV everywhere. Like, it's just, like, meaning, uh, meaningless words. But it works. Like, you be nice to me. I be nice. Like, it works, bro. Like, mm-hmm. we need to treat each other with respect, you know? I'm tired of hearing all this stupid thing about man, black men on the loyal. Like, dude, we are the most loyalest person on the on like uh, on this planet because African Americans like we have so much to give, and yeah, we are literally tearing ourselves down because we're too busy trying to. Like, listen, if a guy cheated on you, he's a dumbass. Like, mm. we get that point. But uh, if a girl cheated on you, same reason, right? But my point is, I'm trying to give is like. What pushes one person and uh, one person to cheat? What pushes one person to do something? What 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 am I missing? 
that's making you feel this way, you know? Like, take the time to understand each other. And not everybody wants... So basically, if my mom gets mad at me, I just listen. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying. I'm not the best. Some, because some, sometimes when I talk, she won't let me. But I try to listen. Because, like, listening is what we need. Like, try to understand. Like, nobody's bad. Just misunderstood. Like, mm-hmm. I've been there. I was weird in high school. Nobody liked me, you know? Apparently, people like me. I just know this, but, you know, right? right. right? Mm-hmm. But, like, I've been there. I know how it feels. And I'm not going to say, I'm not saying that because, like, I don't, quote unquote, I know how it feels. Nah, bro. I know how it feels. I came from Africa and I live an American life. I know exactly how it feels to be left out. Mm-hmm. I know exactly how it feels to be picked the last because, like, you're weird. I know how it feels to be like, hey, Dennis, just, uh, you missed that three? Aren't you black? You know how to train, you know how to play ball? Boy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh, you don't know how to dance? Like, bro, get off me, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so, back up. I know, we know how to feel. I know how it feels. So, uh, to be understood, you need to... Okay, this is my favorite quote I live by. Seek to understand to be understood. Sorry. Okay. So, seek, seek to, to un- understand to be understood. Okay. So, that's right. So, understand somebody. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Understand somebody before you can they can understand you. Mm-hmm. Yo, that's actually... Jesus Christ, bro. So <laughs> that delves into family systems theory. That's something that I talked about on one of the previous episodes. Nice. Um, so you can't really understand a person without understanding their family and their place in that respective family. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you can discuss. So yeah, good 100%, shit. Hundred percent. Classic points. Okay. So so what can we do? Um, again, we have we can have empathy with each other. Try to understand mm-hmm. each other's stories. Find out what's going on. What brought us to where we are today? How are we managing? Um, we can also rebuild our communities by again reaching out, having moments like these where I'm like, "Yo, I would love to have someone fucking from Africa on the African American <laughs> fucking episode, like episode in the series of historical <laughs> drama." Like, it would be a disservice not to. Um, and then again, we can educate, we can dialogue, we <clears throat> build these, you know, connections by being vulnerable with one another and saying, hey, I'm looking for this type of information. Do you have it? If you don't have it, do you know where I can get it? Yep. And I think it's there's a lot to be said um, about the willingness to engage with one another and to be vulnerable with one another in order to build bridges. So if you or anyone you know are struggling with issues relating to any of the things we discussed earlier, please seek help. Please reach out. This world is wild. This world is crazy. But we're fucking trying. And I feel like that should matter. Yeah. yeah. You got anything else? Um, uh, Besides that, you're awesome, man. You do a good job. Um, Honestly, I would just say, see, um, my personal opinion, I think people, uh, humans are awesome. Uh, I believe in change. I believe we all need to understand, just need to understand each other because... There's enough suffering already, you know. There is enough. Like you're hurt, I'm hurt, everybody's hurt. Mm. It's time. It's time to heal. Yeah, well, it's time to heal. Fucking for show. I'll catch y'all next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Don't come for me. No, but this is actually fun. It's informative because I've already learned a couple of things that I didn't know, or things that I hadn't thought about.